You're listening to Orms Air, the Orms podcast, an open space where we discuss everything photographic and invite you to step inside our world of photography. For over 20 years, Orms has been the creative's go-to for all things photographic. From the best gear to breathtaking display options, visit ormsdirect.co.za for everything you need. Let's get chatting with Dion Yubab and Rachel Reeves. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Orms Air, the Orms podcast. Today in studio, we are joined by adventure photographer Justin Kumba, whose work you may be familiar with if you follow the Orms social channels, where we featured his fine art portrait series, Blue Mind, and most recently, his electric images of the September 5th Am My Next March in Cape Town. Welcome, Justin. Thank you so much for joining us in studio today. It's lovely to have you. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks. Um, so generally, with our conversations, we sort of start at the beginning, as sure. you know things normally do, and work our way from there. But with you, I thought it might be quite interesting to start off by talking about the Am I Next March, yeah. and more specifically the images that you captured. <coughs> sure. So, for those non-South African listeners of ours, the Am I Next March happened throughout our country last week, and was a coming together of people to take a stand against gender-based violence, which sadly has become quite an epidemic in our country and which has left many, if not all of us, feeling scared and quite angry that no noticeable action and change has taken effect. So that's just a little bit about the march and sort of where we are in, I mean, I suppose in our emotional state at the moment. Um, So I wanted to ask you more about your experience of the march. Um, my experience was actually a very positive one, um, which I was, I actually didn't know how I felt going into it. I didn't know what the outcome would be. It was, it was a very mixed emotional experience as I think for everyone, Mm. um, it was, but I was very pleasantly surprised at the love that was shown throughout mm. the march. And I mean through everyone. Yeah. So from everyone that was angry, it's from the guys, from the girls, from everyone. There was there was this kind of rallying rallying force, a kind of rallying love that we were all yeah. kind of on the same page and we all had enough of this. Yeah. Um, regardless of gender, age, Completely, race, whatever yeah. the case is, everyone that was there had the same mindset. And it was just it was really beautiful to see that we were all yeah. kind of rallying behind this thing. Um yeah. and yeah. pushing it forward. You yeah. can, yeah, and you can. I think that's that's something about the images that you were able to capture. That that feeling, you f- can feel it as the viewer. You can feel the unity. You can feel the sort of solidarity that everybody has come together for this one purpose. And like you said, there are no the lines are blurred between the things that separate us when we're united. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I wanted to ask you, what camera did you use when you were photographing the march? So I'm shooting on a Nikon D750. Okay. Yeah. That's is that your standard camera? It's my primary camera. Okay, yeah, cool. That's it. Um, so, you obviously that's your your primary camera. Did, was there any sort of thought process about going into the march where you thought maybe you should use a different camera, or is it more along the lines of like you're very comfortable with this gear? Um, yeah, it was more uncomforted as my run and gun, and because of the okay. general area that I work in, it's yeah. very um, quick, and you don't have time really to set up shots within the adventure industry. Um, so. I know where everything is without looking on my camera. I know how to adjust to the different lighting scenarios without looking at my gear. I know how to operate Mm. basically it blindfolded. Um, So it was just something that I knew if I see a shot, 
yeah. I can whip up my camera and I know what I want to get and I can yeah. change it instantly to get that desired effect or that desired thing. Yeah, so it essentially is an extension of yourself. No, precisely, yeah. exactly. So I was very comfortable with it. So it was an easy choice. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then um, how do you, I suppose, in that in that sort of scenario where you are in a March environment and people, there are emotions running high, how do you approach people to ask or to sort of take that first step into approaching them to take their photograph? It's a... It's a very interesting thing, and it's and it extends more than within a march. I think it extends within a documentary sphere as well, yeah. where it's first and foremost we are humans. So yeah. I don't want to be this robot behind a camera just taking photos of everything. So if it mm. was a person, I make sure my camera is seen and it's around my neck or it's in front of me, so yeah. people can see it. But I always try to establish contact with them verbally first. I want to okay. go talk to them, or I'll go ask about a sign they have, or yeah. if there's a group of them like just begin conversation and then from there I introduce myself so forth and kind of create that contact first not just saying listen I'm this weird person standing back taking a photo yeah. and then I'm moving on but I'm actually interested in what you're saying and what you what you're standing for and yeah. all that and then from there they feel a lot more comfortable I feel a lot more comfortable yeah. and then I think the emotion is able to relay through the image a lot better and then from there I can take the photo and move forward yeah I mean it's a it's actually a, b- a beautiful way of approaching it because you're creating, you're almost establishing an emotional connection with this human that you Precisely. may never have met before in your entire life. But exactly, yeah, and that definitely translates. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's very important. It's it's it kind of what separates some photos from other ones. Yeah. It's got that emotional connection to yeah. it. Um, and then I wanted to ask. So yeah, your image is very respectful of like a highly emotional space. But are there any like sort of tips and tricks that you could pass along to photographers who maybe want to sort of start approaching that sort of photography or street photography or action photography, more like photojournalist stuff? Yeah. Um, how would you? I don't know if there's anything that you can pass along. Mm, tips. The, okay, aside from the technicalities is to mm. know your gear. Like yeah, you yeah. know what you have and know how to use it. Um, if you have an idea for a shot, you should know exactly what lens, what camera, what setting, yeah. what lighting is going to create that desired effect. Um, and aside from that, once you know that and once you are always keeping an eye for composition, so mm. like if you see something... You can either move, be like, okay, this will be amazing from this angle, yeah. or something like that. Always be look on the lookout for that. But as I said before, it's like that humanitarian or that human thing in the beginning is yeah. the most important. The connection, um, exactly that connection. So whether it be photojournalism or street photography mm-hmm. or something, it's I think it's always important. And what will make the work stand out more, yeah, um, is that human connection. Yeah, completely. Because it is. You can often tell, especially even if, it, like, it even relates through certain lenses. Like, mm. if I shoot with a telephoto, like a 70 200, you can get really nice images. Yeah. But there's something different about shooting with, let's say, like a 35 mil mm. or going wide and being close. It's just that you can tell that you're close and you're in that person's yeah. space and you're in that environment. Um, and it just it relates this human sort of emotional connection. So yeah. it's, it's knowing... The two things are just knowing your gear that you can use it basically blindfolded and know what everything does. Yeah. And then it's be human. Like just yeah. be there in the present. Um, sometimes put the camera down if someone needs help. Like they were at the march, there were many times where people had anxiety attacks or heat stroke yeah. and stuff. And we were there. Like I remember helping this one lady, like giving her coke and we were 
um, oil, sugar, and water and stuff, and yeah. we took her out because she was just experiencing the thing. I don't have any photos of that. It was because I would preferred to be, or I chose to be human in that instance yeah, rather than present. exactly. Yeah. I'd rather help out and sit there taking photos. Um, so yeah, that's I think is a is a big thing. Yeah, thank you, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, okay, so now. I'm going to go back to the beginning. Sure, let's and do it. And we can switch things around and go from the beginning, or from the from your beginnings, right. I suppose. All right. Okay, so I wanted to ask you um, about your first introduction to photography. My first introduction to photography. So it was probably in high school. Yeah. Um, I was always, a, I've, I'm an adventurous person. So yeah. as a teenager, I was forever in the ocean. I was climbing things doing all these kind of things and um i remember seeing this is when gopro first came out and they were starting to make these insane pictures of like guys surfing or yeah. in a wave or just doing these ludicrous things and i was like whoa that's amazing that's yeah. i never knew you could capture these sort of moments i remember yeah. like seeing them but being like can't take like my mom's camera for instance that stage to go into the ocean and be yeah like, oh, let me take a photo of this because obviously it just wouldn't work so initially the gopro was like my entrance into the photography thing and getting okay. unique angles yeah. and unique things and on all the adventures I was doing with my friends, being able to capture cool things. And everyone would be like, wow, it's cool. They'd be like, that's amazing. Yeah. How'd you get this? And, that. and I look back and I mean, they're terrible images. <laughs> like they're just, um, like, look at it, I'm like, oh, how did I ever think that was good? <laughs> um, but that was kind of the introduction in high school. And then mm. basically also my mom had a camera and I would, diddle daddle with that and yeah. I'd run out and like when the light was nice I'd go take pictures of flowers which I think a lot of people do when like when you start out or yeah completely yeah like it's like you see a flower you're like oh my goodness you <laughs> take a photo of this. this is incredible everyone needs to see this um and I think that was basically the beginning the kind of spark to that creative side mm. in it yeah okay and um nurturing wise did you did you sort of um, drive or push to like nurture this creative expression yourself, or was it sort of like a? I know you mentioned your mom and her camera. Did yeah. you was your mom photographing at the time? Would she so influence you at all? She she was. Um, so more of my family is they more artistic. They are very okay, artistic, yeah. so they draw and paint and that. And I don't have any of those skills yeah. relating to drawing or painting. Like I can draw a fairly decent stick man, and that's about it. <laughs> um, so. And I've always had, I'd like to say, an artistic side, mm. but I just couldn't portray it in yeah. any other sort of medium. So whenever I found photography, I really enjoyed the visual aspects yeah. of it. So I decided to explore that more. Yeah. Um, so in the beginning, borrowing my mom's camera and that, and then eventually going through, it was something that I always pushed myself to learn. So yeah. YouTube videos, I can't even tell you how many hours i've logged on youtube watching tutorials yeah. on how to shoot in manual mode when i was began i'm like oh wow and then how to edit in lightroom yeah. like all these things and it was just a fascination of exploring and getting better and better yeah. and better yeah and did you um apart from sort of school of lifing it as we like to refer to it yeah. just as a very big um sort of believer and uh, pusher of the youtube i don't want to call her a pusher but I mean, essentially, she is. Yeah, she's a she's a YouTube a YouTube fan person. Yeah. Um. So apart from that, was it? Did you have any formal training? Did you sort of study um, photography at all, or no? So okay. the only formal training, or the only where my education stopped basically was I finished matric in any sort of thing, so business okay. or photography related. Yeah. That was 
the only training I've had. So mm. anything I've learned has either been through experience or trial and error or from watching YouTube or yeah. reading articles or asking questions to random people, like sending messages to people on Instagram, being like, hey, whatever the case may be. Yeah. It's all been um, just discovery, basically. Um, so a lot of YouTube, a lot of research, and a lot of trial and error. Yeah, yeah. that's incredible. School of life. I exactly. Mean, it, it really does, it does work. No, for sure. Precisely. Experience is by far the best teacher. Yeah. So was there, um, is there a def- like a defining moment in which you knew that you, this is like photography was something that you want to pursue? Um, I guess so. There was, how can I describe it? There was, I knew I was, too, I was passionate about two things. Yeah. I knew I really enjoyed photography, but I didn't yeah. know. I personally, in the beginning, I was like, I'm not good enough to make it. Yeah. In the beginning, I was like, I couldn't do this. I look at other people's stuff, and I'm like, I can't do that. The imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah. precisely. And then I knew I was passionate about the outdoors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I finished high school, I went on a gap year and I worked as an adventure guide. And I took people okay, hiking yeah. through the Drakensberg and rock climbing and rafting and all these yeah. kind of things. And towards the end of that year, I remember sitting down and being, okay, what am I actually going to do with my life? Where mm-hmm. am I going? I know I'm not going to study. I want to do something in either of these two fields. Yeah. Um, and I sat down and I started doing research again. And I found out you can do both. You yeah. can do the adventure and the photography um, and kind of combine the two and mm. make it a career. So towards the end of that time, I kind of sat down for a couple of months, I remember, and just pondered it and thought about it. And then I think it was then I was like, okay, it's plausible. It's definitely something yeah. people are doing. So if I push hard enough, surely I'll be able to do it myself. Yeah. And that was kind of the moment I'm like, okay, I'm committing to this. Let's go. <laughs> Yep. Now, have you looked back at all? No. No? Nope. Mm. Or out of all the trials and out of all the difficulties and all yeah. the nonsense that happens, um, I, I wouldn't change it for a thing or look back or anything because yeah. I'd love what I do um, and through everything you learn. so Yeah, completely. Always yeah. learning. Precisely. Never stop. Yep. One of the things I noticed while I was, I want to say, investigating your website... <laughs> is that you partook in the Live Instead initiative? Is it an initiative? So project? it's a yeah, it's a project. Okay. Yeah. Should we can we talk about that? I don't know if you want to share with our listeners what the Live Instead project is about. Sure. And why you sort of felt that you wanted to be involved in it. Okay, I'll try to give this in a short <laughs> a whole short in it. Um so basically with the Live Instead um trip or journey or the project whatever the case may be whatever the thing was it was a initiative for me to cycle from the zimbabwe border Mm. to cape town um a solo unsupported cycle of i think it was 2400 kilometers um in 37 days yeah um and it was in order to raise funds and awareness for a non-profit organization called warriors and wheels which Mm -hmm. helps kids that are physically and mentally disabled and they take them out into nature and kind of make them experience life whereas they wouldn't ordinarily yeah. be able to, whether it be ziplining or surfing, whatever the case may be. Um, and then the initial idea for this was the whole reason it came about is when I was eight years old, I, were, I had a virus. Yeah. I got contracted a virus and I was actually paralyzed for many years as well wow. myself. So I homeschooled most of my life um and i couldn't walk and it was something that sparked that idea i was like it started coming back and people kept saying 
you won't be able to do this, you won't be able to do that, you won't yeah. be able to do this. And I thought, screw that, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then throughout my life, my high school life, I pushed and I pushed and I pushed. And that's why I went and did that gap year, that yeah. adventure thing, to see if I'm possible, if I'm physically capable and mentally capable of pushing through these yeah. challenges. And ended up working and I kind of led tours through Drakensberg and multiple day hikes. And I did all these things. Yeah. Um, and then now <coughs> the idea for the cycle was, the one of the ideas was I want to see if I could push myself a bit more. Like I've yeah. never done something like this as hectic. So I was like, physically, I want to see if I'm able to push through and mentally keep going. Yeah. As well as if I could help people in a similar situation where I was. Mm. Um, and even people that are worse off than me yeah. that actually can't walk or are permanently disabled. Like if I can help those kids, like, I mean, I know what joy that brought to me when yeah. I was younger. So exactly. if you have... To me, the my mindset is if you have the opportunity or if you can do something, do it. So that yeah. was kind of the whole initiative and drive behind the whole Live Instead. I mean, it's trip. an incredible journey, 37 days. Yeah. And it's a solo, it was a solo unassisted cycle. A solo cycle. unassisted cycle, that's correct. It was, uh, it was a hell of a time. I could I put it that way. imagine. <laughs> My gosh. Spoke to many sheep and cows on the side of the road, <laughs> just having conversations with myself and... Oh, interesting times. Must have been quite a cathartic um, journey as well, though. It was, for Instead sure. Of, like, very, very in a monologue. No, yeah. 100%. I mean, the self-introspection was yeah. every day, all day. Um, it was, you learn a lot about yourself. Yeah, I can um, imagine. You get tired of yourself. <laughs> you, you learn a lot of things. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, and also for an incredible foundation. Yeah, so we will, I will definitely link the the um, Live Instead project. Project, yes. yes link. Yeah, project, yeah. Project link. Yeah. Um, there is also a um, an option to donate to the Warriors on Wheels Foundation to help and support um, the kids that, you know, maybe maybe need a little bit more support and help then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like, obviously I took my camera with me on the yes. journey. So in a month or two we are planning to hold an exhibition with some of the images that were Incredible. created through it yeah so we're gonna hold an exhibition and then we're gonna try to sell off the images or do a raffle or something um, to further garner funds for the okay. organization stuff so you must definitely send me those links when i you shall have them. they'll be up on my socials and okay, cool. websites and all that kind okay. of stuff we'll link them d we'll definitely link them in the show notes fantastic okay cool thank you um so i wanted to touch base just just briefly touch on your sort of um approach to photography because i feel like um i feel like having being unable to like almost physically express or physically explore did that push you more into sort of an inner monologue or in um being more aware of visually how things make you feel yeah i don't know that's a very roundabout question i, I think i understand what you're saying do you, do you? yes yeah, okay i feel cool. like i do um i think it did and um through through my photography mm. or yeah through my through the images i like to take i don't mm. just want it to be a pretty image that yeah people see and be like oh that's amazing and they're like regardless of how pretty it is yeah and then you forget about it like there's a lot of that especially in this day and age yeah um so what I would ideally like to convey through the images is this, like an image says a thousand words. Mm. That's what I wanted the images or stories to portray. Like when you look at it, it'll be like, 
okay, but why? What is yeah. this meaning? I can see what this means. And it creates or evokes some sort of emotion. Yeah. And um, like through my life experiences and all that kind of stuff, it's definitely made me try and accentuate sort of the smaller things and yeah. try and bring different aspects or more real life situations through the image and more emotion and stuff to whether it be create change through the image like kind of or inspire people whatever the case yeah. it may be it really it's something i really try to push forward is to create that through my work yeah completely I actually yeah. um i found a quote by uh i'm going to mess up his name because it's a french name and oh. my friend's pronunciation <laughs> is not great but it's it's a quote that i immediately popped into my head when i was looking at your images of the uh, my next march sure um and it's by mark um rubo thank you very much um and the quote is photography cannot change the world but it can show the world especially when it changes Mm. I think that is so poignant, though, for those images that you are capturing because you can see and you can. There's a feeling. Yeah, you definitely are. Even if you weren't there, you can you can feel the the sort of the change that is happening or is about to happen. Yeah, or is in the process of happening. So yeah, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful feeling to experience. And um, I'm glad it. I'm glad it shows. No, yes, definitely, and I will link all of them in the show notes <laughs> so you guys can experience them too because I feel like it's it's a very different thing to hear people talking about things but when you actually see them you'll yeah. get it yes there was a um, a quote that I found on your website that yep. you reference quite a lot yeah and I love this quote um and I wanted to ask you what it means to you and the quote that I'm referencing is the James Thurber quote beautiful things don't ask for attention this is correct. So that's from the short story, The Secret Life of Walter Mitzi. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what, is, what does this quote mean for you, if you don't mind sharing that with us? Yeah, sure, no problem. Um, I think it's beautiful things don't ask for attention. Yeah. And I think that resides with so many things, not necessarily just like my sphere as photography, where it's more nature and adventure kind yeah. of stuff. So in the natural world, like, there are so many things that we haven't seen yet, whether yeah. it be underwater or like in the middle of the jungle. Like there are things that are so exquisite that when you see them, you literally just sit there in silence. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And they're not sitting there shouting, being like, hey, look at me, whatever. Like it's just these things that when you see there, it's just this immediate presence of beauty that just yeah. kind of surrounds it and you're just awestruck by it. Um, and it's the same with people like, I think there's like people's characters, mm. like certain people, like you can see like a kindness or love inside of them. It's not something that screams out, yeah. but it's just the subtle hint of beauty in everything. And it's yeah. just on the men most mundane things. Like when you actually start looking for beauty, you just start noticing it everywhere. Yeah, and it's that thing is like, it doesn't ask for attention. It's mm. there and it's where you look for it and where you see it and where you appreciate it that I think is so special. Yeah. And there's, and it's funny, like some people don't quite get that. Like I'll sometimes, absolutely froth or lose my mind about a sunset or something i'm like have you seen this light and i'm running around going like oh my gosh (laughs) and they're like that's a cool sunset but i'm like do you not can you see the reflection on the water look at the mountain like i'm and i'm going crazy um and to me i'm just i truly appreciate that beauty and some people kind of don't but to me i'm like it's it's not begging for it's just there and it's just doing it you can either appreciate it or you can exactly precisely um and it's just something like, I love. I just love that that beauty that just doesn't, it's not asking for it. It's not saying, hey, look at me. It's yeah. just present whether we notice it or not. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that's incredible. And I think that really, so when I read that quote, it sort of resonated with me, the idea that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. So I think, yeah, and I love the way that you've explained it, like you almost imply and apply your own ideas of what beauty is onto objects that as you experience them. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So can we go on to stuff that you are currently working on? Sure. Can we touch specifically on, and I know we've featured, I think we've, I'm not sure if we featured multiple images of your Blue Mind series, I'm but we've definitely sure. done one, I yes. know of, on our Instagram yeah. channel. Um, so this is your fine art portrait series, yep. which um, what I've gleaned from on your website focuses on the decompression from modern life that we that happens when we interact with bodies of water. Yes. I don't know, do you would you like to speak about that a little bit, like the inspiration behind the series? Yeah. Um. So there's a there's this random theory that's mm. called the Blue Mind Theory, which is what this okay. project is called. Um, and it's essentially whenever we are around mm. um, big bodies of water, whether it be like near them or swimming in them or like mm. under the water or like floating on a kayak, whatever the case may be, like there's, there's such a cathartic and a relaxing experience that goes with it. And mm, it's like, um, like when you go to the ocean and stuff, like when you go there, like when at least for, no, personally, whenever I leave, I always feel, whether I was swimming or not, even just being in, it's like, oh, that was nice. Like yeah. there's something soothing about it um, that just resonates within you. And it could be, like I say, whatever, it could just be a dam, an ocean, whatever the case, there's just something so pleasant about it. And yeah. it's this theory that I forget the guy who actually came up with theory, wrote a book about it, which I have not read, but I should at some point probably. We'll investigate and link it in the show notes. There we go. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, and he kind of came up with this theory and it was something I was very interested in. And I've, and I kind of like look back and I once again did some introspection of like how I felt when I was near it and I found it to yeah. be true. And like I asked friends and like, I'm originally from Belito in KZN and like okay, yeah. lived around the surfing lifestyle. And like, I kind of looked at that and it's something that I definitely think is true that like, yeah, especially the ocean, it's just something that uh, it's just that cathartic, that just relaxing experience. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, whenever I do a lot of free diving and swimming and surfing, all that kind of stuff, whenever you're there, you're not thinking about the stress of life. You're not thinking about finances. You're not thinking about work. You're yeah. not thinking about this. It's just this, this, present time that you're just in this water and you're all yeah. your senses are engaged and it's that theory or that mind space that i kind of wanted to put into a a project yeah. um but especially also the project portraiture which is something that i'm not necessarily focusing on but it's mm -hmm. i think it's a great avenue that i want to strengthen it and also yeah. it's like well let me try and push myself and see what i can create with this and yeah. expand my skill set um, so I kind of wanted to try to get this or touch on that sort of emotional, that kind of story and put it into a portrait series. Mm. And it's, it's incredible. Like you guys will have to go and look at it to understand it and to fully grasp it. Um, so what can we, what can we expect to see from this series? What is your sort of, do you have a plan going forward with it? I mean, uh, a rough plan. It started out as just that kind of, let me do this. And then yeah. it's kind of evolved, which I think mean, as many, as many yeah. <laughs> photography projects do. Um, and kind of the current plan for it would be to create this, the story or this um, collection of images mm. that I will be able to make into hopefully something that I can exhibit yeah. um, and kind of get around galleries and so forth and um, 
either sell or just even be as fine art pieces or something that yeah. are just people enjoy and kind of like it basically yeah. um, and can take something from it or at least experience the message I'm trying to show through it. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do with it as a something I've never done before and I haven't really branched out into the fine arts yeah. sphere of things, but it's something I'm very interested in and I would love to do more. So this is kind of the first step towards stepping in that direction. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just creating creating stuff that's different that's maybe people have done before. I mean, no ideas are on you yeah. at the end of the day. Um, but um, it's just trying to take the same idea and kind of put my own spin on it and my own sort of flair. Mm. Yeah. And spread the the understanding that, yeah, water... Uh, I completely agree with you, by yeah. the way, on that. It I is... Have a, yeah, I have another one where um, it's salt. Okay. So salt... Um, it's what is it? Sorry, sweat, tears, or the sea. Okay, and those three things can, I mean, completely change and affect your the current headspace that you're in. Mm, for sure. So yeah, yeah. I think there are those sort of those moments and those places that we find solace and just like decompress. One hundred percent from from our red mind. For yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> as as this man who I don't know his name says. We'll find out. Don't worry. Yep, all right. Oh, cool, no pressure. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are there any other pieces or projects that you're working on currently that you'd like to sort of share with us? Um, there are a few ideas. Okay. There's something that I'm potentially going to be working on um, with another artist of, or a friend of mine who is a um, an artist as well as a tattoo artist, actually. Ooh. Might be... Mm, interesting. Interesting, yeah. Um, and we might be trying to potentially do a um whether it be a portrait series mm. or or something but we're going to try to do a collaborative thing towards this um the the violence against women and mm. all that i'm going to try to work with a few causes and try i'm actually meeting with them after this funny enough um, okay. to discuss kind of where we're going to go and what yeah. we're going to do so we are i'm definitely looking at something to do with that and kind of try and help more or do something in that sphere, yeah. um, especially as a male. Like I think it relies a lot on us to try and change perspectives and at least try help, like yeah. as best as we can. Um, so that's a potential project that we're looking at doing. Um, what else? There's a trip that I would like to do end of this year, um, mm -hmm. which is more of a in more of an expedition style trip, which is going to involve some interesting modes of transport and crossing of borders which okay. is <sighs> i have no idea how to do it or even uh, it's uh, it it's is something yeah it's the most wild idea i thought of and i've got no idea if it's even possible yeah or yeah because you'll be dry we'll be going through a desert and i don't <sighs> Yeah, there's a lot to plan on it still. But it's um, it's not 37 days on a on a bicycle. No. 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 Okay. No, no, no. It's <laughs> not going to be that again. Not 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 soon at least. Yeah, can imagine it sounds very intense. But yeah, so there's there's that potential trip for the end yeah. of the year which yeah, I need to figure out still. Mm. Need to see how it's done and all that. But I think these are the the things with ideas, right? They're yeah. like they're so there in our heads and so present, but then actually working out the, the, sort the of logistics of it, oh. it's so difficult. Especially as a creative, I'm just like, can't someone do that for me? <laughs> Let me just go and do it, please. You need like an admin. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I wish that would be incredible. 
Um, okay, so if anybody's willing or wants to be Justin's admin, yes, you know, you know and where to. You can contact me, and we'll chat yeah. for sure. You have our contact information. We'll pass you along. All right, fantastic. Thank um, you. Okay, so I have I have one final question left for you. All right, fantastic. Um, and it's our long running question. I'm sure our listeners are very used to hearing this, but so, Justin. Yes. Within your field or another, who are the individuals from which you draw inspiration? Oof. It's a big question, I it's know. It's a big question, hey. Um, okay, I'll start within my field at yeah. least. Um, so photographer-wise, yeah. there are people, I'll just start naming people. There's <laughs> a photographer, he's a fine art photographer, um, yeah. or black and white wildlife photographer only. His name's David Yarrow. Um, yeah. He's got insane work and it's just massive prints, like two meters by two meters, like just incredible work um, that he's doing. I love his stuff, super inspirational. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, there's a guy, I'm not sure everyone knows, Jimmy Chin, who's an adventure photographer who was photographer and directed Free Solo, the movie, and just his mm. his work ethic and his, just kind of everything yeah. that he does and that I really draw inspiration from. There's another photographer, Corey Richards, who's also a mountaineer and alpinist who recently wanted to do, um, put in... Uh, climb a new route on Mount Everest as well as photograph wow. um photograph it and it's I draw a lot of inspiration from that. So yeah. it's not just photography but it's um, extreme sports ex- sides. Exactly of it. Um there's oh, I'm trying to think what other photographers I could I could name. There's Paul Nicklin, he's an environmental photographer. He deals a lot with environmental stuff in with dealing with the Arctic and stuff like that. Yeah. Um I really love his stuff. Uh there's another photographer is also actually really well known, Chris Burkhard. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the way he stu- his mindset towards life and photography yeah. and the way he portrays it. Um, and then, regardless of photography, yeah. I think it's very important to draw inspiration from as wild a field as yes, possible. Of so, I really, really enjoy Christopher Nolan, yeah. um, director. His stuff is. Jess just perked up. <laughs> <laughs> His, I mean, the way he he writes and directs and just the subtle nuances that he has in his film and yeah. the way he deals with, like, oh, it's just so intrinsic and detailed with what he does that I find that incredible. And yeah. I really draw inspiration with that to try and kind of further my my career or further my or talents or skills, yeah. whatever, in that. So, like, Christopher Nolan is a big one. Um, there's... Uh, I'm trying to think what other directors. I mean, there's there's a lot of directors, but then there's another guy. He uh, he's an author. He mm-hmm. wrote the book The Alchemist. Oh um, yes. I don't know how to say his name. It was Coolio Paolo or something like that. Um, Paolo Coolio. Yeah, there's something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, he's an Indian I chap. And probably he's got a strange ruined name. that. No, name, same. Pa- Paolo Coolio. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, but I just draw inspiration from his outlook and life, yeah. and whether and that in turn affects my photography, but I just really enjoy inspiration yeah. from that. Uh, I'm trying to think. There's another photographer. Oh, I always, always forget his name. Um, and I don't know how, because I know his work so well. Yeah. Um, he, he. I'd really like the way his work is. So all his stuff is all nature kind of stuff, okay. all dealing with animals and that. He comes from a fashion background. Oh, wow. And okay. um, he assisted some of the biggest names in New York and so forth and yeah. traveled the world. And he ended up 
taking that knowledge of kind of like the fashion and beauty realm and the way to deal with light and yeah. he applies it to nature and stuff and his mm. work is insane like he's got this series on horses yeah and i literally when i see his work and it's all fine artwork as well mm. i literally just sit there and just stare at it. i don't understand like the grade he's used and the lights it just yeah. blows my mind and i just it was incredible that he can create such beautiful lighting stuff and apply it to something that is so wild and like difficult to shoot yeah. as like horses in the wild like in, in iceland and stuff like oh that. wow yeah um so his work is really 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 cool and just very different and very clean and minimalistic and i'll find his name <laughs> we'll link it don't worry yeah um thank you so much for sharing that with us i'm sure our listeners will draw a lot of inspiration from the artists and the spaces that you've just mentioned um I and so. i just wanted to say a big thank you so much for being here with us and for sharing and for being so open and honest with your answers no, thank you thank, thank you, you very much I appreciate it well, thanks, Justin. It was great to have you on the show. It was great to be on. It's good fun. Yes. Um, okay, so it's it's come to that time of um, another episode of Orms Air where I dole out thank yous. And I have to say a big thank you to our podcast producer, Jess Sample, for producing, editing, and doing all of the magical things that she does. So thank you, Jess. And you can roll the outro. Ding, ding, ding. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Orms Air, the Orms podcast. I hope you've enjoyed being a part of the conversation as much as we've enjoyed having you. If you have any questions, feedback, or suggestions for us, please get in touch by emailing ormsair at orms.co.za. Head on over to ormsair.buzzsprout.com and take a peek at this week's show notes for more information on any works referenced or topics discussed in this week's episode. If you've enjoyed this episode of Orms Air and feel that someone you know could be creatively enriched by joining us in conversation, why not share this episode with them and invite them to join our photographic community? Until next week, keep questioning, keep inspiring, and above all, keep creating.